This is what we scrounge up from breakfast with JB on 92.9. Always an absolute pleasure to have a chat with this next artist, Jasmine Ray. She's launching a brand new album. Jasmine, how are you? I am... I don't even know how I feel. You know when you're so excited you can't feel anything? Yeah. You're just like, whoa, it's happening. Thanks for having me on. No, not a drama at all. No, absolute pleasure. you got a brand new album. This one is out right now, Lionside. The album got some great songs on there. Green Light, which has been Thank a fantastic you. song, uh, doing it for the haters as well. Some great singles on this one. You've been working on this one for uh, for quite some time, this new album. Yeah, I have. So there's been a bit of time between my last album and this one. Uh, Heartbeat, which was my last album, was out in uh, 2015. And now Blink and it's 2020. Yeah. So much has happened in that time. Um, and I feel like I just discovered so many different sides of myself. But what I finally had to discover was the really brave lion side of myself to actually put these songs out there. Yeah. And that's, that's what I found. I think everyone has a lion side. And so hopefully they, they feel it when they're listening to this album. Mm. It's, it's a lot. Uh, it's a very different sound you've got on this new album from your previous works was there anything going into that when you um, sort of created that well I didn't have I usually try not to put too many boundaries on myself when I'm writing because it hinders my creative juices however this time uh, some of the songs I actually wrote just on my own for a year and a half I didn't co-write which is Mm. unusual for me because I love bouncing off of people and getting uh, energy in a room and I also love deadlines which is what co-writing does by the end of the day you need to have a song however um, there, there was a a lawsuit around one of the songs that I had and there was some hate that happened and I decided I wasn't ready to write with people. So for about a year and a half, I wrote with just myself and uh, recording programs. So I kind of teaching myself that, which was very different to what I've done before. Um, And so that's where like some of these new sounds started Mm. because, you know, they're very different sitting in a room in Nashville or um, with someone else with a guitar. But Eventually, I ended up co-writing again. So I kind of just went on this little tangent where I learned all about um, recording software and and trying out these new sounds and then came back to writing with people. So I got the best of both worlds, I thought. And some of the best um, albums from artists are those ones where they do take a different approach or push themselves or, you know, the last three or four albums, we've done Mm -hmm. X and then this time around mm-hmm. we've done Y and it ends up being, you know, a phenomenal success. So uh, all the best with this brand new album. And that must be that must have been hard too, that lawsuit thrown at you so mm-hmm. early on in your career as well. Uh, you know, most of those copyright lawsuits are those that have been around for a long time. They've put out, you know, ample material and everything like that. You know, half of them are semi-retired by the time that stuff happens. And then you got thrown at it very early on in your career. That must have just been hard, I imagine. Well, I actually, yeah. So it wasn't a lawsuit against my song, but it was uh, my my co-writers yes. actually um, yeah, going for uh, some really big names in the industry. And I actually chose not to be a part of it, but because I'm the singer and my face is all over yes. the song and I'm the writer, I am. Um, yeah, I didn't get to choose, but um, but I feel like it made me stronger, and I, yeah, I feel like I got kinder through it as well. Because you know, when people are are hating on people, um, it's usually from a place of hurt, and so um, yeah, there's lots of vulnerable sides 
to to the songs that I wrote during that time. How how's isolation been for you, Jasmine? Well, I yeah, I was practicing isolation for a little while there on my own before we were even told to do it as I was writing on my own. Um, look, I, I I've been riding all the roller coaster waves with everybody else. Um, so it's been really nice to actually just see people's faces from a distance. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. How about you? How's isolation been for you? Oh, look, I, I've been pretty pretty good with it. You know, the small things I've missed, going to the movies and things like that, or you know, the, yeah. the, when the bowling alley was closed and obviously when the pubs and you know, it was very weird not actually going out and sitting down and eating uh, eating food not mm-hmm. out of a cardboard box for five months there. But I mean, if that's the worst thing we got to complain <laughs> about then, <laughs> then we're doing alright. Hopefully the festival at this stage rolling along as per normal for 2021. So we'd love to see you back here. Jasmine Ray, thank you so much for a chat. Thank you so much, Jared. This is the best of JB for breakfast on 92.9. This is what we scrounge up from breakfast with JB on 92.9. Bring you in as we always do on a Wednesday for Sister Cities are doing it for themselves. We go for our global search of cities and their their related sister cities. Uh, today, of course, lots of discussion in the last two weeks about Melbourne. I can't believe we hadn't done Sister Cities of Melbourne yet. So... Because they've all just, you know, emancipated <laughs> Melbourne is not in yeah. the family anymore. <laughs> I, we will have to check whether these are actually still legitimate sister cities of Melbourne, or maybe with everything that's gone on there, they've maybe those relationships are, are gone. Yeah, mm. they've gone. Nah, we're out. So mm. Melbourne, and one of these next three towns or cities, I give you one of them is a sister city. Okay. As of last time we checked, anyway. Here we go. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Pre-COVID. Yeah, pre-COVID. City number one is Upland, US. Upland, US. Uh, Boston in the US. Or Randwick in the UK. Mm. What do you reckon? Upland in the US. You want some details about Upland? Yeah, I was going to say any stats. I know nothing about any of these places. Uh, Upland is in the San Benito country, uh, county, sorry, of California. Uh, it is a population of 73,732, uh, up from 68,393 at the 2000 census. So about Tamworth size for Upland. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's about all that's going on in Upland. Not all that exciting, to be honest with you. Okay. Lots of skateboarding there, apparently. I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say San Bernardino Valley. Is it? Is that big with... Uh, skateboarding. Yeah. Is Tony it? Hawk. Oh, is he from Upland? Uh, is he, no, or is not he just from, from Upland, but yeah. that region. Yeah, right. Okay. Pretty, pretty sure. Someone out there is going to call me on this. <laughs> and then, of course, we got Boston in the US. We all know about Boston. Yeah. Boston, the you know creation yeah, of the uh, US. It's actually in New England. It is. Yes, very true. That's it. New England of America. Very true. And then we got Randwick in the UK. What do you reckon? Sister any, city any stats of Melbourne. About Randwick? Uh, yeah, I can get you some. Hey, let me just scroll. I feel like I need to know something kind of like about the city to yeah. see whether or not they're like compatible, yes. you know, in yeah, the same course. family or not. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's just completely random JB, and we've got to go with the gut feeling, which I generally do anyway. Randwick is in Gloucestershire, a village bordering the market town of Stroud in Gloucestershire, England. Uh, it's got a population of 1,423 people and doesn't have much going on except the Randwick WAP, which is a series of events during spring which culminate in a traditional procession and festival dating back to the Middle Ages. 
Well, that I love that. Exciting, yeah, it? I want to yeah. go to that. But I'm feeling like the sister city is going to be Boston. Boston, you're going to lock in Boston. Uh, any reason why? Just feels good. I just feel like it's the biggest one, and like Melbourne's quite a big global yes. city, so they're more likely to be matched with another big global city. Yeah, right. Do you think, like, possibly because uh, Melbourne was the capital of Australia before Canberra was created? Do you what? think that? Yeah. Do you think I that? I don't believe that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, look it up. Uh, do you think that might have something to do with Boston being, you know, creator of the US before, you know, Washington, D.C. and before it became, you know, War of Independence and all that stuff? Well, if or you're have telling I into me. That way too if much? you're telling me, then potentially that could be a reason. You are However, right. Anyone from New South Wales will never, ever believe that Melbourne was ever the capital of Australia. So I don't know what history books we're looking at here, but what I learned in school in New South Wales is that neither state could decide, and that's why we created Canberra. I'll I'll triple check this, but I'm pretty sure from my education in the independent state of South Australia, I'm I'm pretty sure Melbourne did have the claim of being the capital for a couple of years there because Parliament actually met in Melbourne to make decisions. If this is true, so. my entire childhood was biased <laughs> from state <laughs> supremacy. <laughs> and I don't know what's happening in my life anymore. It's all destroyed. My foundations are gone. <laughs> you are correct, Woo! by the way. Well done. Not with the Melbourne stuff, but no, you've got the, the sister city. Yeah, yeah, that is their Cha-ching! sister city. That's well two done. weeks in a row. Well done. Can you make it three from three? We'll find out next Wednesday when we play Sister Cities are doing it for themselves. By the way, due to a computer meltdown yesterday, the jingle and the intro for this is gone. But look, we'll bring it back next week, hopefully. Can we have an ad one? Sister Cities are doing it for themselves. How's that? I loved it. This is the best of JB for breakfast on 92.9. This is what we scrounge up from breakfast with JB on 92.9. Breakfast. So, look, a quick caption history lesson for you. We got into a debate before about if Melbourne was ever the capital of Australia. It wasn't. It wasn't, (laughs) but I like to think that I was slightly more correct than others. Yes, no, you definitely had more information than me. I feel like... I feel ripped off by my primary school Australian (laughs) history education. So um, Melbourne was never the capital of Australia. However, Parliament sat in Melbourne from the beginning of Federation in 1901. It wasn't technically the capital city. There was no capital of Australia until Canberra was selected in 1911. Uh, Parliament didn't move to Canberra and sat there till 1927 and even then it was in a temporary building that lasted 60 years until finally in 1988 our bicentennial year uh, finally moved into Parliament House. That's a lot of temporaries. Yeah, talk about it like a squibble between like, you know, two siblings, (laughs) Sydney and Melbourne being like, no, me, I'm better. And then they're like, okay. Like, mum comes down and she's like, right in the middle, guys. We'll just create some fake place right in the middle and you're all happy. And it took them, what, like 11 years? Yeah, 11 years and then what another... Maths is crap. Australian history is all right. Maths, not so good. 18 years to finally move there and like... And then another... 
60, 70 years to actually build the damn thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> and not only that, but, you know, it was a lot of work creating Canberra as well. I'm sure yes. they didn't they didn't want well, to do that unless so they long. had to. Yeah, exactly. That's right. You had flattened lands. You had to build the big tower. It is beautiful, though, and it's such a well-laid-out city. Like, you can tell they took their time on that. Put all their roundabouts in. Like, it was a lot of work. You know, when you go to some places and, like, none of the... Like, mm. even here in Tumworth, it's very, like, you know, the city centre has, like, very parallel and like adjacent streets everything's like pretty organized you can kind of figure it out really easily and then you go to some places and it's just like zero sense and you think like town planners did they exist (laughs) no canberra's not like that though canberra is like actually incredibly planned out it's really nice i haven't been there i have to admit so i'll take your word for it but i and i haven't been to london either but london's apparently a squabble mobile yes london is a squabble uh, mobile and then you look compared to new york and it's like it seems weird because they're all numbers and things like that but when you actually figure it out you're like damn this makes sense (laughs) like it makes so much sense (laughs) this is the best of jb for breakfast on 92.9 this is what we scrounge up from breakfast with JB on 92.9. Lame presents. I think at some stage or another, we've all either given a lame gift or we've received a lame-o gift. You won't believe this lame gift that Prince William gave Kate Middleton when they first started going out dating. He discussed this at a podcast over the weekend uh, that he was doing for BBC Radio 5 Live, That Peter Crouch Podcast. What a name. That Peter Crouch. That Peter Crouch. Um, got to say it with the accent, though, right? Oh, you got to. Yeah. Because, see, it's not the same. That Peter Crouch. Yeah. Or that Peter Crouch. Or that Peter Crouch, yeah. You've sucked me you. into this accent thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Prince William gave Kate Middleton, when they first started dating, a pair of binoculars. Nerdiest little bird-watching yeah. gift ever. Yeah. Um, is it because was he in the Navy? Is that what it was? Uh, I can't remember whether Prince William was in the Navy or the Air Force. Yeah, the, what one was it? The ranger, the redheaded one. Yeah. He's in the he's in the Air Force. Air Force. Yeah, it was Prince William the Navy then? Because his dad, his dad yes. was in the Navy. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he was in the Prince Navy. Charles. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his I'm dad. pretty bad with the Royals. Because <laughs> <laughs> Prince Philip was in the Navy. He's got navage lineage going yeah. back a fair bit. So, I thought they all yeah. were, and then the Ranger, he was like, nah, <laughs> the in, in the Air Force. <laughs> yeah, Air Force is cooler. <laughs> yeah, nah, I watched Top Gun a couple of exactly, times. Exactly. I'm jumping in that, eh? He's always wanted to change it up. Ever since then, they should have known he was going to leave. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He was going to be called the, it back the, then. <laughs> the problem child. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Prince Prince William, he got himself a pair. I, d- I don't know why he bought him. He didn't say. It's either a Navy thing or like a bird-watching nerd-out thing. He said, I wrapped them up. They were really nice binoculars. I was even trying to convince myself about it. I was like, but these are really amazing. Look how far you can see. Also, this is like only a lame gift if you're like a royal because binoculars, especially good ones, are really expensive and actually an amazing gift if you're into that kind of thing. Yes. Like only he would think that's a lame gift. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, no, no, of course. I, I only spent $500. <laughs> like, come on, mate. I'll tell you what a lame gift is. <laughs> um, Kate did, like, unwrapped him and just went, I, I, I don't know what's going on. 
And he's like, I, I honestly have no idea why I even bought him. Like, I don't think she, I don't think she's a bird watcher. He was like, this is what I've been looking or, at you yes. through my palace window. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not a stalker. They got set up, didn't uh, they? That would be even better if he'd had. <laughs> uh, crazy. Anyway, there we go. Weird, weird gifts. I got my my mum once. Uh, this is in the nineties when Michael Bolton was big. You know him, Michael Bolton. He's the the adult yes. singer, the, the guy with the hair, and did all the daggy love songs. My mum bought a Michael Bolton greatest hit CD. I don't know what was going through her head. For you? No, no, no. Oh. So she bought it. She listened to it once and just went. Uh, that I don't know why I bought that. So I I rewrapped it and gifted regifted it to her for birthday one day. Just kind of <laughs> go, hey, remember you bought this. You haven't listened to it since. Ha ha ha! I can't believe you bought Michael Bolton. So that was kind of kind of uh, cruel and confusing at the same time. Yes. Uh, and you've you've gifted something. A little... I have. So I I've done one as a joke, and then when I was a kid, I gifted something I thought was lame, but yeah. then turned out to be actually good. So I um, my family's Italian, yeah. and I remember when I was really little, my mum. Um, used to get like quite large amounts of olive oil, like from our family in Italy. Yeah. Right. And she would bottle it and like wax the top and like sell it to delis. This is like before yeah, right. olive oil was like really big out yeah. here, like in the early 90s. Yeah. And um, Michael Bolton was big. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Same time. So I remember one year, you know, when you get your like teacher's presents at yes. the end of the year. So my mum bottled up a couple of olive oils, but she didn't put a label or anything. So it literally just looked like this glass <laughs> bottle of like yellow stuff. <laughs> And I had to go into my dance school and give it to my teachers. And um, they were kind of like, thanks. This is a weird gift. Anyway, they came back after the summer and were like, damn, that's the best olive oil ever. Like, can we buy some? But, you know, at the time I was like handing out these yellow bottles of liquid. I wish I wish you were doing some other sport other than dance. Imagine if you were giving bottles of urine looking substances over to other sporting teachers, like some kind of tip off, you know? Yeah. Hey, this is my urine sample. Use this instead. You know, very shady. This is the best of JB for breakfast on 90. 90- 92.9. This is what we scrounge up from breakfast with JB on 92.9. Underwhelming holidays. I don't know how I got thinking about that, probably because we can't go on holidays at the moment. That was probably the inspiration behind this. But those places where you've really built it up in your head that something's going to be remarkable, incredible, you know? You've been dreaming about going to, like, just off the top of my head, like the pyramids or something like that all your life, you know? And then you finally make it on this dream trip all the way over there to Cairo. You're on the back of a camel riding your way there to the pyramids, and then you go... And they're, like, really uh, small. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You go, is that it? Do you Uh, know what, though? Like, uh, I think we want to talk about this because we can't go anywhere. Yes. So it's like, let's remember all the crappy holidays so we don't feel bad. Yeah, that's it. All the wasted time we had. But if you go back to that place after lockdown, it's going to be the best holiday (laughs) you've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) I've always had a fascination, this probably won't surprise you, I've always had a fascination with the Statue of Liberty, but I really am reluctant to ever go there because I think I'm going to be really, really, really underwhelmed with it. <laughs> it is smaller, I think. Yeah, everyone said that to me. They said it looks smaller than what you... In the backdrop of that huge city, yeah, yeah. it looks smaller. Yeah, yeah, no, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, and someone said to me if they took it off the big plinth 
that it's sitting on top. Yeah, It'd true. It'd be like nothing. It would be like a garden gnome. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, you've had an underwhelming holiday from your, what, cruise career? Yeah, so I guess kind of a holiday, kind of not. But my very first contract over there... Um, I was in the Caribbean and, you know, like you hear all these stories about yeah. the Caribbean, you see the Insti posts, like yeah. it looks amazing, right? Yeah. Um, I'd spent like four weeks in rehearsal and then got on the ship and we had like another four weeks where I just couldn't get off and I'd always see the, you know, out the window. Yeah. Finally, first day we get off, I'm like, oh my God, I'm in the Bahamas. Like, is this real life? Yeah. We arrive in Nassau, Bahamas, which is like the biggest port, uh, get off the ship and, uh, well, <laughs> Nassau, Bahamas is not in any Insta posts, let me tell you that much, because it was the biggest letdown yeah, I have right. ever experienced. I imagine like uh, like an industrial port on the beach, is that what I'm imagining? I'm imagining No, like- that's the that's Freeport, the shit little brother, which you also go to, but uh, no, the first one I went to was Nassau, so it's, it's like... The, the, there's like one street and it's yeah. kind of set up for like American tourists yeah, basically, yeah, which yeah. is also just me. And it it closes at like, it's only open like 10 till 3 and then it's yeah, just like right. ghost town. Yeah, yeah. There's a beach that you can go to where like dudes rock up with a, a ute and they try and sell you like all you can drink cocktails <laughs> that come from water bottles and a little petrol tin in the back. <laughs> You're like... Is this, is this where I saw Beyonce on her Instagram? I don't think so. Beyonce downing some of those, you know, 100% pure ethanol petrol can cocktails. Straight in that. So I can I mean, see that. They get you a fresh coconut oh, from lovely. the tree. Yeah, like yeah. it's gorgeous. Yeah. And then you drink the, yeah. like the coconut water. It's delicious. And yeah. then like your refill comes straight out the back of their like water bottle. Jerry can. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Did it, Incredibly what, bad. What did it taste like? I would never. (laughs) This is the best of JB for breakfast on 92.9. This is what we scrounge up from breakfast with JB on 92.9. Time to get slightly snobby with letters from Tamworth. Ten past seven, letters from Tamworth time. We'll find out what's going on in our sister city of Tamworth, Staffordshire. Morning, Tony. Good morning. How are you? Very good, very good. So here we go. We get mail very quick. we got today? Uh, so a Tamworth woman was left horrified after finding dangerous weapons while litter picking near some soccer fields in Bowl Hall. They've got soccer fields written down here as well. So they've obviously translated it for us because they'd usually say football fields. Yeah, that's a different so one. Thank you very much for that, Tamworth Herald. Uh Ethan O'Brien, I think that's how you say it. Ethan O'Brien made the shock discovery of a knife, a hammer and chains wrapped up in a T-shirt near the uh, the soccer grounds. She contacted the police but was told to dispose of the items herself. What? She said, yeah, she said, I walked up by there as I could see something black which I thought was a bag. I got, <laughs> I got me litter probe... And I just couldn't believe it when a knife, a hammer and a great big dog chain fell out from the shirt. You know what I mean? I'm never going to be able to have a Friday without your accents. (laughs) (laughs) I went out of my way to tell the police, right? I called 101. Is is that their emergency number, 101? It must be. Must be. Yeah. Never had to call it. Called 101 and I was on the phone for at least 40 minutes or so waiting to be answered. And they told me to just throw it out. You know what I mean? 
A spokesperson from the Staffordshire Police said uh, a review of lost property uh, recording was signed off by the National Police Chiefs Council in February 2009, which stated that the public are encouraged to retain items except under certain circumstances where the police will accept the property. This was not under those guidelines. That's why we told her to dispose of the items. I love that the police chief is Australian, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Do I be... Re- no, it's a, fine. You don't a, have to a go review, A review of the lost property recorded was it's signed right. off. You know I what I mean? We got it. <laughs> That's me big... My big police... Inspector. Big police inspector voice. <laughs> it's a fat controller from <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> um... I've got, oh, I've got another police to read now. Okay, I've got another one. Us. So this is, this is the Tamworth Chief Inspector Paul Talbot. He said he was looking into the incident. He said, if police find knives and weapons, we would be great. See, not quite as deep as the other guy because this guy's just the chief inspector. The right. other guy, he was a bigger up the chain. Smaller badge. So, yeah, smaller <laughs> badge. Yeah. Uh, Paul Talbot, he said, if people find knives and weapons, we would be grateful if they could contact us. If they are then, if they are then told to dispose of them, we would be grateful if they could put them in the knife bin. Insane. They've got a knife bin? What? I feel like this must be a regular occurrence. To have a knife, like a bin specifically for knives means that people are finding knives all over the soccer parks. This is crazy. They've got a knife bin. It's at a church. This is like seriously concerning. I'm really glad this is not our time. No. <laughs> They've got a knife bin at St. Edna's Church. What are they? Do they recycle? We need to find out more about the knives. Yeah, do I, they I think we're going to write that one down and get in contact cha- with them. Charity. Do you mm. reckon they like clean the knives, sanitize them, and then give them out to people? How do you even come up with creating a or having, bin. establishing a knife bin? I like, don't know. It's different to like a syringe bin. Yeah. Like, why Why is there any necessary reason to have a knife just randomly? Yeah. This is great. Unless it's a knife and syringe bin, you wouldn't want to be the guy going through that, would you? Think no. of the danger in that. That's a dangerous <laughs> job. One of the most dangerous jobs Some in chain... Tamworth, Staffordshire, going through the knife bin at the church. Chainmail gloves. <laughs> <laughs> they've got they've got thousands of years of those from all their knights that they can steal the so much armor for, off. So much for latex. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Crazy. Anyway, that's the latest from Tamworth. This is the best of JB for breakfast on ninety two point nine.